ladies and gentlemen. Today is Monday, March 16th. It is 10.18 a.m. at the time of this recording. I hope you're all staying healthy. Hope you're all following all the good rules. Praying for all of you who are not working, who might have businesses shut down. We live in interesting times. And I just hope that uh, you're all obsessively washing your hands and staying in high spirits. But I'm not here to talk about the world as it stands now. Because we are blessed that despite all sports being shut down, nothing to watch on TV in terms of athletics. The NFL offseason is underway. It is continuing as planned. And there are dramatic things going on as a result. Because, being that it is Monday, March 16th, the legal tampering period of free agency has begun. Free agency is in 48 hours, which means teams have begun re-signing players, trades are commencing, and other players who are going to be testing the market, some of them are already getting deals done. They can't technically sign, but pretty much because the tampering period has begun, Free agency itself has pretty much begun. We just, uh, we don't have all the official signings and things can take twists and turns. So, one of the main things, we're, ju we're just gonna jump right into it. One of the main things that happened over this past weekend was that the CBA on Saturday was approved. So the NFL CBA is officially happening, which means starting next year, there will be 17 games and a shorter preseason. Starting this year, the playoffs have expanded to 14 teams. So what's that going to look like? Instead of having a two seed get a bye, you're going to have a two seed play a seven seed. The only team that gets a bye is the number one seed. So suddenly the number one seed is so much more important than it once was because you get past that first round, you get home field advantage, and you're the only team that gets that. The number two seed, yes, you get home field games more likely, but you're essentially just another divisional winner. You no longer are as coveted. It is no longer as advantageous. And henceforth, that number one seed becomes the most important thing to earn in the entire regular season. And that's going to make the end of the season more interesting as teams in number three and number two slots try to chase that number one slot. I think you'll see less people benching their starters when they're a number one seed because, you know, you don't want to take those chances, especially after what happened with the Ravens this year. You don't want to take the chance of losing that number one seed. You have to maintain it now. So as a result of the CBA passing, we're going to have more games. We're going to have another playoff game. There's going to be another playoff team in the playoffs as a result of that. I personally don't like the playoff seeding. I like the extra 17th game with a shorter preseason and an extra bye week. I think the bye week will help the players. I think they could stand to have a 17th game. I don't think it's going to kill them like they think it will because they have that extra bye week somewhere in the middle of the season and those bye weeks go a long way towards health. So 17 games, yes, they get more money for the players. Good. Retired players and current players get lifetime health care good i think there's a lot of good in this i don't think enough information will be ever known to the general public to understand why it was so despised by so many players 
and it barely passed both the upper echelon of the NFLPA. I think it was like a 17 to 14 vote, but they only need a simple majority. And the main players voted in favor by like 60 players, and that's out of almost 2,000. So that, it was a really, really close vote. About half the league was like a hard pass. And I think the other half just said, we want to get this done and we get a little more money because that's the majority of players, right? It's not those big name players who are going to lose out on a little extra money on the 17th game. It's other guys who are looking at their paychecks and being like, I may be at the minimum, but I'm getting an extra 90,000 a year on that extra game. And that's a big deal for them. So after the passing of the NFL CBA this past weekend, things became a little more clear on the Tom Brady story as well. So the 49ers announced that they're officially out. It was also announced that um, that was Tom Brady's first destination, his first choice. If he was going to get an offer from San Francisco that was decent, it sounded like he was going to go there. Now that's not a huge surprise considering that Tom Brady was born and grew up right outside of San Francisco. That was, sounded like he wanted to go play for his hometown team. That makes a lot of sense, but it was never gonna happen. Not after Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty solid season and helped lead his team to the Super Bowl. That to me was a fairly unrealistic situation. The fact that there were reports about that and the fact that if it was true, Jimmy Garoppolo heard about it, I think that hurts the Niners and having signed Tom Brady would have hurt them real bad, both in short term and long term, because I think Jimmy G right now is a better quarterback than Tom Brady is. So San Francisco was out of the running. I haven't heard anything out of the Colts, but it sounds like the Colts are going to want a younger player. I think they have their sights set over the long term. That's my expectation. So I don't think he goes to the Colts. It's sounding also more and more like the Chargers are going to draft a quarterback. The Chargers were my pick. I still think there's a good possibility, but it's sounding more and more like the Chargers are leaning towards drafting a young quarterback and that player will likely sit behind Tyrod Taylor if they can't earn the starting job. It really does sound like, especially being that they signed Austin Eckler to a four-year deal that's pretty long for a running back, it sounds like they have longer-term aspirations. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go draft a young quarterback to be the face of that franchise as they have a new stadium. They aren't going for that immediate sell. They're trying to build something there slowly but surely you know have a very established foundation because if they went and got tom brady and then sold a bunch of tickets what happens if he's bad or if nothing comes of it or if they are good and he leaves you're pretty much betting a lot of money and your whole brand on a two-year guy as to where if you draft a young guy and it works out you're talking about 10 years of success you know so it sounds like the Chargers are leading that direction, which really leaves um, the Titans, the Bucks, and the Patriots. Well, the Titans decided that they were going to be smart cookies. They decided they were actually going to be smart and re-sign Tannehill. And boy, did they pay Tannehill. Tannehill got Bucks. I'm not kidding. I think he's making like over four years, 29.5 million a year and a hundred million guaranteed. And that was for half a season. 
that man, you talk about comeback player of the year. He might be comeback player of the decade. Truly. He, uh, he went from backing up Marcus Mariota to one of the highest paid players in NFL history. The Tannehill story is fantastic, and I'm very excited to see how it plays out over the long term. So, that leaves Tom Brady essentially with the Buccaneers and the Patriots. And I would have to say the Buccaneers sound likely. And it makes sense to some extent, because if you think about when the Cardinals had their most success with Bruce Arians, it lies with Carson Palmer. The one time they went to the Super Bowl, it was with Kurt Warder. And that, I, I think Bruce Arians was the coach then. I'm not positive, but pretty much Bruce Arians does have a history of bringing in these veteran quarterbacks who are incredibly intelligent, teaching them a complex system that opens up the field for them. And that that's really good for veteran quarterbacks who've seen NFL defenses before, who know how to play against them to have an offense that opens it up so well. And they have so many good weapons there in Tampa Bay. I could definitely see Tom Brady having success there. So it makes sense. It sounds like the Buccaneers really want him. And just as well, it sounds like the Patriots don't really want Brady. It sounds like they made him a pretty lame offer. It sounds like it was only one year. It was less than he made last year. Those are the reports. And so more and more, it's looking like Tampa Bay or bust for Tom Brady if he wants that money, if he wants to go somewhere else that Bill Belichick isn't going to control him, if he uh, wants more control over his offense and better weapons. So to me, it's a, it's a pretty logical destination. I could see it. I can't really see him in a Buccaneers uniform, but it'd be interesting to say the least. So right now it's looking like Brady's going to be a buck. Tannehill is worth big bucks and we're going to get a lot more football over the regular season in the playoffs and those are the two biggest headlines kind of going around right now at least until I woke up this morning because now things are taking off there are franchise tags there are trades there are deals in place to pay people it's um there's re-signings there's a lot going on right now so we'll just kind of start with three days ago and I'm gonna scroll up the uh, the list of news and discuss what's going on here so the first thing is that the Chargers franchise tagged Hunter Henry this was three days ago this is a really brilliant move for the Chargers because Hunter Henry you want a long-term deal with him the tight end right now pass catching tight ends are one of the most coveted positions in football probably right outside of a pass rusher and the quarterback position these tight ends are changing the game. You look at Rob Gronkowski and how many Super Bowls the Patriots won. You look at the Eagles. They had Zach Ertz whenever they won the Super Bowl. You look at the Niners and the Chiefs who just played in the Super Bowl who have George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. It seems like it is becoming one of the most intrinsic parts of championship teams is to have this coveted tight end who can, you know, big body power guys over in the middle of the field, I mean, they're, there's something about them. There's just something about them. So they're intrinsically important to championship teams. And I think the Chargers realize that and franchise tagged Henry. I think he's going to get a long-term deal done um, either this year or next year. I think it's a very smart move. And I think you're going to see more tight ends start getting paid 
and we'll get to that later. So, right after that, the Vikings released some key defenders, including um, Xavier Rhodes, who has been a very good wide receiver up until last year, and he had just a horrendous season. It was very, very bad. Um, he let up almost a perfect passer rating to receivers who were targeted against him. It was not good. So to clear cap space and to to improve the defense, I would say, I think he's an improvement to not be your top starting corner. They let him go. And maybe it's the system now. Maybe he's too old and outgrown the system, which happens. Some players require less man coverage systems like the Vikings have and require more zone coverage as they get older. And he might have just outplayed his time as a lockdown corner, which happens. That's kind of the Josh Norman thing, why he might be a good fit for the Bills. So Xavier Rhodes could go somewhere else and have some success, but he's definitely not a top corner anymore. He was getting paid like one. Now that clears up cap space and the Vikings were in a terrible cap situation, it makes a lot of sense. He hasn't found a home yet. I've heard interest from the Seahawks, which, um, eh, eh. We'll see. I don't really care as a Seahawks fan. I wouldn't be tripping unless they overpaid him. Um, but moving on here, the Titans also cut tight end Delaney Walker. That saves them $6 million. He's been injured the last two years. He hasn't played a lot of snaps. He's really getting up there in age. I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire. Big news that came yesterday, out, um, other than the Ryan Tannehill news, is that the Ravens, for a fifth round pick, got Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, so it's very surprising to see him go for such a cheap deal. It's pretty clear that Calais Campbell probably wanted out of there, and it was the Jaguars who were searching for trades, and that is never a good position to be in. And it sounds like the Ravens really got the uh, got the deal of the deal of the year there. Honestly, that might be the deal of the offseason. They traded almost nothing for Calais Campbell. He's going to significantly improve that defense, and they need it. That front seven for the Ravens is the weakest part of their team. Uh, for a team with real Super Bowl aspirations, who fell fell on their face, fell hard in the playoffs after an incredible regular season. This is gonna go a long way to their redemption arc. So, really brilliant move by the Ravens. A sad day for Jaguar fans. Um, just a terrible, terrible trade. So, very one-sided. Calais Campbell's probably happy with where he ended up. Good stuff, good stuff for the Ravens. So, safety Devin McCourty is going to, once again, play for the Patriots. He had a contract extension he is a very talented safety, although he's getting up there in age. It is still a good move for the Patriots. It kind of secures that safety position with a good talent and keeps that top defense kind of going in the right direction and hopefully helping maintain that success going into next year. The Falcons released Desmond Trufant. So he is a, he is a very good corner. But again, the Falcons needed more cap space and he isn't performing at the same level that he once was. So he, since he was released, he could sign at any point if he wanted to. Um, and he is going to likely get paid pretty well because he is still very good. He's a coveted name 
I think he'll likely be overpaid for just because corners at some point kind of start to drop off. Richard Sherman is probably one of the few exceptions I've ever seen where a corner went to another team when they were getting kind of closer to their 30s and still found an incredible amount of success. So he's definitely um, going to get paid, likely overpaid, but he, who knows? He is talented enough. He's no Richard Sherman, but he's talented enough to find success somewhere else. And I think you're seeing that with a lot of veteran corners right now. Um, when you look at the blueprint that was built by the Seahawks with the Legion of Boom to have these long, big body corners rather than these speed corners, what that does, I think, is take corners who can play really well in zone coverage and extend their careers because no longer are they quite as dependent on their speed to keep up with receivers as the NFL becomes more pass happy and you see more zone coverage and you see players who can kind of have that reach and try to kind of be able to just get a hand in there because of how big their bodies are because of the zone coverage schemes you're going to see older corners in the league much like wide receivers um, route running wide receivers tend to be in the league much longer than speed wide receivers because of that because a lot of it has to do with intelligence rather than these natural abilities and this natural speed so I wouldn't be surprised to see guys like Desmond Trufant and Josh Norman and Xavier Rhodes have some level of success similar to Richard Sherman. So the Buccaneers also placed their franchise tag on pass rusher Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks last year. It's not very surprising. The Chiefs placed the franchise tag on defensive lineman Chris Jones, who's one of the best D tackles in all of football. He's a solid pass rusher and probably the best run defending defensive tackle in football. So that makes a lot of sense as well. Devonta Freeman was released by the Falcons as well. That saves $3 million in salary. Devonta Freeman had a hard drop off last year coming off an injury riddled season the year before. Not surprising to see. We could be seeing kind of the end of Devonta Freeman's career. There's nothing incredibly surprising about that. He is on the latter half of what a running back's career usually is, which is around the age of 30. So there's a very good chance we are seeing the end of his career with that, that release. He might get a small contract to go somewhere else, will likely be unsuccessful as they usually are. So that is, uh, we're looking at the latter end, the sunset days of Devonta Freeman. Kurt Cousins received a two-year extension from the Vikings, so that's pretty fascinating. We don't actually know the details of that contract yet, but we do know that he will be in Minnesota for the next little while. He did actually have a really solid year despite the very rough start that he had. He had a, an exceptional season actually and did lead them over the Saints once again in the NFL playoffs. Huge underdog victory and he made the plays that needed to be made at the end of the game like a real elite quarterback so i'm not surprised to see that it's not a huge extension it's a commitment but it is also saying if this doesn't work out over the next few years if you don't bring us that super bowl we are moving on you're not going to be around another four or five years like Tannehill. we don't see a very long term with you we want success now before we see that so i'm not surprised to see that but it is interesting 
The Bengals informed star wide receiver AJ Green that they're placing the franchise tag on him. So this is utter lunacy. This shows the absolute incompetence that is the Bengals organization. You have, and the only logic I see for it is for Joe Burrow to have a star receiver when you bring him in. But you have one of the best wide receivers in football right there when he's healthy. But he hasn't played in almost two years, hasn't set foot on a football field in almost two years. He doesn't want to be there. He is now worth $18 million of your salary cap during a rebuild. He's in his 30s, so he's not going to be there very long. He's not getting a long-term deal. I don't understand. It's very bizarre to me. He is going to be valued around $18 million no matter where he goes. So he's not going to take less than that. So you're going to give it to him for a year? But you expect people, maybe they want to trade for him. You expect people to trade for him. I don't think anybody's going to take that trade. I don't think anybody else is going to give him 18 million. That might be what he's worth. I don't know why I said that. That's not what I meant. I don't think anybody gives him 18 million. So I don't think you're going to trade him because he now expects that. I, I think you are screwing a guy who has been incredibly loyal to a terrible organization. And once he finally gets some form of freedom to go get the money he wants or needs, you decide, no, we want you here for another year to be a tool for our future instead of giving you opportunity in your career. It's really selfish of the Bengals. It's really doesn't make sense for their long-term goals, in my opinion. Everything about that is just wrong. To me, it's, it's gross to see. It made me pretty upset and I feel really bad for AJ Green. The Tennessee Titans placed the franchise tag on Derrick Henry. So next year, Tannehill, Henry, AJ Brown, the trio's back. The Titans are going to be an offense that you don't want to see on Sunday. They're, they're no joke. The Titans are no joke with that trio and they made it happen. Uh, they should be happy. I think they're looking forward to next year. They have all the pieces in place to make another run at it. The Titans, in my opinion, are officially very real contenders. The Dallas Cowboys have officially placed the franchise tag on quarterback Dak Prescott. This means that Dak will be there for 2020 at least. I don't know if they're going to get a long-term deal done, but it does mean that they, uh, the Cowboys have more time to work that out if they so please. Sounds like Dak's winning those negotiations anyway, so I think he's gonna get paid and he's gonna get paid big. The real question becomes, what happens to Amari Cooper? Is he gonna be there next year? Because if he isn't, uh, I don't think Dak's in a very good position at all. I think that puts Dak in an absolutely terrible position to try to earn another contract because I think Amari Cooper was a big part of his success over the last few years. So, we'll see what happens with Dak. I think Dak's future depends entirely on Amari Cooper. I think if they don't re-sign Amari Cooper, he'd actually be better to hold out and just not play unless he gets that contract because his value is not going to go up at that point. I can't see it happening because um, he's not good enough to carry a team. But when he had the pieces around him to make him look successful, his stock got as high as it's ever going to be right now and he needs to get that money. And if Amari Cooper's not there, if the weapons aren't there, 
he could lose a ton of value. You might as well just say, this is the ceiling and I'm going to buy in now. At least then, the next time a contract comes around, you can hopefully have enough pieces around you, there's enough built around you, that you can make it work. That you can earn another contract to that extent. But you want to buy in now when you're this young and worth this much. So I hope, I hope Dak, for his own sake, signs that. It sounds like it's more than 30 million. I hope he signs that deal. I really do. Otherwise, he could be losing a lot of money in the long term. So, next thing on the list is that Austin Hooper. Here we go. Austin Hooper is officially going to be the highest paid tight end in league history, barring anything dramatic. And it's by the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have offered Falcons tight end Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end contract in NFL history. So what does that mean besides that Austin Hooper is about to buy the coolest house you've probably ever seen? It means Cleveland has another weapon on top of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, who they also placed a second round tender on, so he's probably going to be back. So they have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. If their new head coach can discipline this team and bring them together and make something happen, and he had a very successful offense in Minnesota. Oh heavens, I, this could be what the Browns are looking for. It really could be. That hype from last year, it's gonna be back. It's gonna be back. I didn't even realize the Browns had this much cap space. <laughs> That's a big contract. Tight ends get paid big nowadays. So Austin Hooper is going to be a Brown. The Browns have just got the most insane roster. If they can bring it together, they, they have the best roster in the NFL. They have to just across the board. It's between them and the Niners. They can somehow get it together. They are true, honest to God contenders. They're probably the second favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. I think they'd have a better roster overall than the Chiefs. Baker Mayfield can just be decent. He doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He has more weapons, in my opinion, than Patrick Mahomes, and he has a way better defense than the Chiefs. A way better defense. They're not even on the same page, so... The Browns made a crazy move. I think it's a great move. So there you have it, Browns fans. Hang in there. Hang in there. There are good things to come. That roster is still there. The next piece of breaking news, and mind you, these this news is coming out in the last hour because now we're in Monday. We're in the tampering period, so there's going to be news happening all day. There might even be more news as I talk about more of this news. It's very cool, very fun stuff. So. David Johnson is going to Houston. The Cardinals and Texans are agreeing to a trade that will send David Johnson to Houston, sources tell ESPN, which means that he is going to go be paired up with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, although some part of me tells me that I think Carlos Hyde's a free agent. I think that was a one-year thing, so maybe Duke Johnson as well, I don't know. but. David Johnson is still a talented back. I just don't think he was ready for the Cliff Kingsbury system after, uh, you know, being injured for a year and then playing in another system the year after that and then another system the year after that. It sounds like David Johnson just did not have the right fit recently, but 
the year before last year, in terms of statistics and fantasy at least, he was still a top 10 back. Like he was great. It was last year where things dropped off and that doesn't make a lot of sense because David Johnson is still of a decent age for running backs and he has less carries than most running backs. So why did that happen? It has to be a system thing. And Kenyon Drake came in and killed it. So maybe they're just two different kinds of backs. I don't know. But David Johnson to the Texans, I think David Johnson's probably a better back than both Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. There's a very good chance of that, unless he really did just drop off that bad in terms of skill and talent, which I doubt is the truth. So I'm going to say that it's a good trade. I think David Johnson is an upgrade for the Texans. The Texans are in desperate need of a real stud running back. Because Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson got the job done last year, but between the two of them, they make one good running back. They need a great running back. And at least David Johnson has a consistent history of being great up until last year. So I'm going to say that the Texans might have scored a deal depending on what they traded for. And it, it, the Cardinals are going to get what they're going to get. It didn't make sense to hold on to that contract. And Kenyon Drake is clearly their starting running back. He's what works with that offense. So it didn't make sense to hold on to him. Go get your value for him. I think it's a good trade both ways. On to a story that released seven minutes ago. The Bears are talking to Teddy Bridgewater, and that would pretty much make him the starter over Mitchell Trubisky, guaranteed. So Mitchell Trubisky, it's looking like the Bears, despite what they said this past offseason, sounds like they're pretty done with it. So I think y'all can say goodbye to the Mitchell Trubisky experience. I think we're probably going to see Teddy Bridgewater as a bear at this rate. And how's that going to impact the Bears? It's a good question. You have Allen Robinson, you have Taylor Gabriel. Trey Burton's there if, you know, he would ever do anything. And Teddy Bridgewater showed he can go 5 and 0 with a good team that has a great defense. You know who has a great defense? Chicago. You know who is a great wide receiver? He's no Michael Thomas, but Allen Robinson's a great wide receiver. You know who the Saints had other than Michael Thomas? Pretty much nothing. Chicago has Taylor Gabriel, who's good, but really they don't have much on offense besides that. The real difference is the running game. Chicago doesn't really have a running game. I hope they can figure that out. But Teddy Bridgewater is also going to use his dump off, Tariq Cohen, like he used Alvin Kamara. David Montgomery, they can get him working right is talented enough to be Latavius Murray at least. So I think it's a similar similar kind of build to what was going on in New Orleans. And I think Bridgewater can have a lot of success there. I think that can make the Bears a contender in the NFC North. I think it really can. Does it make them as good as the Green Bay Packers? I don't know. I really don't know, but I think it can make them contend with the Packers. I don't think they have to worry about Detroit right now think anybody's worried about Detroit right now the Vikings exceptional team but the Bears have a better defense and now they're gonna actually have a quarterback so we'll see that would be huge for the Bears I think that's a game changer for the Bears I think that's something they need on their team is once they have that quarterback position secure no 
breaking news. The Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals have traded for DeAndre Hopkins. What? What? This can't be real. Oh my gosh. So as a Seahawks fan, I'm utterly devastated. But as a football fan, this is crazy. This is this is as big as the OBJ trade last year, if not bigger. What is going, why? Why, I don't understand. We are going to get through this together, listener. Don't you worry. We are going to get through this together. Why the Texans would make this trade is beyond me. DeAndre Hopkins must hate Bill O'Brien because this is unprecedented. I mean, what is going on? This is in the same trade as the David Johnson trade. Oh my gosh. So the Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins in a late round pick for running back David Johnson and a second round pick. So they did a pick swap and a player swap. Oh my goodness. Hopkins is on a cheap deal for the next three years. The Cardinals just scored. This changes everything. The Cardinals just became a, a contender. The Cardinals are now contending for the NFC West. I am not kidding. You're talking about Kyler Murray. Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, and Larry Fitzgerald is that receiver core. They have Kenyon Drake. They competed against the Niners twice last year, and probably what they lacked was a number one receiver. And that rookie quarterback now has the uh, has the weapon he needs. He has a year under his belt. This is insane. Oh my gosh. The Cardinals got a fourth round pick for that second round pick. They're only dropping two rounds, and they got DeAndre Hopkins, who costs, I think, less than David Johnson. Oh, heavens. The entire NFC just got a lot more interesting, especially the NFC West. In the NFC West, you now have a Cardinals team that has DeAndre Hopkins. You have the Seahawks, who are likely going to make a splash in free agency this year. You have the NFC Championship defending, sorry, the defending NFC champion 49ers. And you have the Rams who were in the Super Bowl the year before that. Oh my gosh. You want to talk good television, y'all just better watch every NFC West matchup next year. Everything has just changed in that division. And I think the Texans just tanked. The Texans just tanked everything. That was intricate. He was such an important part of that team. So, on that note, we're going to move on to talking about the NFL draft. I'm in shock. Wow. We're moving on to talking about the NFL draft. As I expected initially, as a result of the coronavirus kind of shutting things down in terms of public life, the NFL draft is going to be held without fans. There's nothing surprising about that. The real question is whether it stays in Las Vegas, because it sounds like Las Vegas is starting to shut down pretty hard. Where are they going to host it? We don't know. But there's not going to be fans there. I'd be surprised if there's any players there. I'm sure it's mostly going to be call-ins to the commissioner who announces it, and then you get a little footage of them at home, and they're not going to be having these big parties. It'll be them and like four family members around a couch. Very sad for the players. Um, not fun for the NFL, but 
The fact that they're still going to do it and able to do it, the fact that the NFL is in off season and that can pretty much all be done electronically now is very, very good news. Very good news for the NFL that their off season can continue as planned. And there were concerns it wouldn't continue as planned, but as you can see, things are moving along. Now, people aren't happy about it. There's plenty of you know, higher ups and players in the NFL who are not happy about the league year moving forward. There are concerns, but overall, they can actually do it because things are so globalized and electronic now that you can pretty much just call in and sign a contract over the internet after you discuss it over the phone. It really only makes workouts and visits to cities for players the most difficult part. And I'm sure that's upsetting to them, but it is what it is. So the NFL draft, no fans, but it will happen. Free agency is still happening. These trades are ridiculous. Um, and I'm sure that there's going to be plenty, plenty more. But that's all there is right now in front of me. That's what we got. So pay attention to the news. There will be more to come in terms of NFL free agency. I will cover it all on Thursday. Everything between now and Thursday I will discuss because there's going to be even more, a lot more. Texans fans, I'm sorry. Cardinals fans and Browns fans, go celebrate in your quarantine because uh, you got a lot to be happy about despite being locked at home. All right, guys. This has been the Drax Sportscast. My name is Drake McRae, aka Drax One Million, and we will see you on Thursday to discuss more NFL free agency. Stay healthy and wash your hands.